God's good, isn't he? What a great God we serve and, uh, and certainly we have good things in our lives and sometimes we have challenges and difficulties and, um, you know, I guess it's in those times that we really need to hear what God is saying to us so that we can face them and face them confidently and well. And so today we've been in our series now for a long time on prayer and today I'm talking about mountain moving prayer. That sound exciting? Are you ready for it? Mountain moving prayer. In fact, I'm going to talk about mountain moving prayers. You can be that person. You can be a person who prays and as a result of that, mountains move. Do you believe that? The first thing is you have to believe it. Otherwise, it's not going to happen, all right? So we'll talk through that today and hopefully it will help you to step up in your faith to be able to pray in ways that you will see God move as you can't do anything but he can. So I'm going to pray because I really want God to help us to understand this and take a hold of it and build our faith through this message this morning. Dear God, our Father, we thank you so much that you are so great, so powerful, so strong, so awesome. And as we think on you, God, we, we can, if we keep our eyes focused on you, we can believe for great things. So I pray this morning as we look at your word and what you teach us, that we will grow in our faith, that we will rise up and be people who trust you to work as you can, only you can work in this world. And that you would, that we can, you know, take on our mountains because we have you working with us. And we know that you are stronger than any foe in this world. You're, you know, we, as, as uh, Adam said this morning, we're in the uh, champion's corner. And so we thank you for that, Lord. And I pray that we can rise up in faith this morning and remember that and live that out every day. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I was reading a story this week about a church in um, North Carolina in the U.S., and this was a, an independent Methodist church. And one of the members donated land for the church to build their building on. Now, this land backed into a mountain. It was a beautiful... It was in the Great Smoky Mountains uh, National Park area. And so this, this church backed onto this, be- this amazing mountain. And, this, uh, and so they built the church and, they, and the building specter came out. And when he came out to... to issue the certificate of occupancy because uh, this was the Friday and 10 days later they were having the opening and the dedication service, the building inspector said, I'm sorry, but you can't open. You do not have enough car parks for the size of the church. And what they'd done is they probably had a church similar to us. There was probably about 300 people connected with the church. So they built it bigger in faith. And so they took up a lot of the land with the building and didn't have a lot of car parking. And so they had this dilemma because there was no space left. The mountain was behind them. They did own the, the land, the mountain was on their land, but of course they couldn't do anything with that, so therefore they had no space to build. So the pastor called a prayer meeting. That's what you do when you've got a problem. You call a prayer meeting. 300 people, 24 showed up, and uh, so they prayed that Sunday night, which was a week before the opening of the building. And they prayed, and the pastor said, we need to pray for God to move this mountain, because if the mountain's moved, then we can have a car park. And so the people prayed, and after about three hours, the pastor said, I believe that God is going to do something that's going to move that mountain, and and that car park will be built, will be paved and prepared this week. And he was confident. 
He didn't know how. He had no ideas himself. And so uh, they all left on that note. The next morning he was in his office. This is a true story. You can find it. There's a, there's a whole video about it. And uh, the next morning he was in his office and there was a knock at the door. And when he went to the door and opened, there was a construction worker there. And the construction worker said, I'm from the next county. We're building a shopping mall. We've hit a snag. We've got a problem in that we need a lot of fill to be able to keep going. We're wondering if we could buy your mountain and we'll remove the dirt. And if what do you need done with it, we'll do. And he said, well, we need a car park. He said, well, we'll pave it for you. And so he said, are you happy if I start straight away? And the pastor said, absolutely. And so they bought the mountain, removed the mountain, all the dirt, the car park was in and it was opened the next Sunday. You can imagine the next Sunday there were a lot more people with mountain moving faith than the Sunday before. Would you agree? It's a true story. God will move mountains. He's in the mountain moving business. That's how great he is. He knows exactly what to do for any and every mountain that we face. In fact, Jesus taught the disciples about this in Mark eleven twenty two. He said to the disciples, have faith in God. Simple. Have faith in God. I tell you the truth, you can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. But you must really believe. This is the, the key. You must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, you can pray for anything and if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. Notice in all of that, the key thing coming through is if you believe, if you do not doubt. And we're going to talk about how can you, you know, as humans, we struggle so much not to doubt. We struggle to have faith. And why is that? Because when the problems in our lives faces they sort of are like a mountain and they they take all of our attention and it's really difficult when you're faced with a mountain before you whether it be sickness or financial trouble marital problems relationship difficulties you know career choices whatever and this mountains in front of you it takes all your attention and so you become overwhelmed by it because that's your view and we say to God we say look look at this situation this this mountain There's no way, no way I can handle this. Then we go on to God and we whine and we complain about why has this happened? Why, what are you doing? And we we pray like this. And you know what God's response to our prayer is? You're absolutely right. There's nothing you can do. You can't do anything about moving that mountain. You can't even handle it yourself. In the Bible, when David... He was a young man who was, um, you know, a, a shepherd boy actually, and he faced Goliath, who was a giant. And Goliath had come against the Israelite army, and uh, he was threatening to, um, you know, if if someone could fight him and defeat him, then the whole Israelite army would win. If it was the other way around, the Philistine army would win. And so the Philist- the Israelites were absolutely overwhelmed by the challenge of Goliath. And all they saw before him was this giant of a man and no one was prepared to fight him. Then along comes David, a 17-year-old boy, and he had a different perspective. When he saw Goliath, instead of saying, 
He's so big, we've got no chance. He said this, Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? He was saying, hey, wait a minute. This is not right. This mountain, this giant of a man doesn't need to keep us from our destiny. And yet David's friends, when he said he was going to go out, they laughed at him. And they said, you're too small. You don't have any warfare experience. How can you possibly go up against him? But David shook it off and went out to face Goliath. And when he did, Goliath also laughed at him and mocked him. And he said, am I a dog that you would come at me with a stick? In other words, he was saying, don't you have anything better to send me out than this little runt of a guy? I mean, this isn't even going to be a fight. But David wasn't focused on the size of his giant. He was focused on the size of his God. He wasn't focused on the size of his giant, his mountain. He was focused on the size of his God. And he didn't even pray that he would defeat Goliath. He didn't beg and plead, God, please, God, help me overcome this mountain. He knew he'd already won. Just like Adam said this morning, We're in the champion's corner. We've already won. The enemy is defeated. And David looked at Goliath and he said, Goliath, you come against me with a sword and a shield, but I come against you in the name of the Lord God of Israel. What were we seeing this morning? No other name but Jesus. And he said, I come against you in the name of the Lord of Israel. Lord God of Israel. In other words, you've got a sword, but I've got something better. I have the forces of heaven backing me. That's what we've got. We've got the forces of heaven backing us. And he said, Goliath, this day the Lord will deliver you into my hands. I will defeat you and feed your head to the birds of the air. Sounds pretty gruesome. But um, he did defeat him. Because he was saying, you may be big, we can say to the mountain, you may be big, but my God is bigger. Do you believe that? We're going to break old habits and make changes in our life. We've got to speak to the giants that mock our victory. The enemy laughs at us and said, as if you could do that, as if you could overcome that. Well, we can't, but with God we can. With God, all things are possible. And no matter what you may be facing, let's start changing our words and let's start declaring victory. Let's not speak fear, let's speak faith. Don't talk about your mountain, talk to it. Don't tell, remember this is what Patrick said, I don't know if you could see it in that video where uh, this young 17-year-old boy who'd been taken off the streets and raised by Moses God using ordinary people to do extraordinary things, mountains that seem insurmountable, God overcoming them. And Patrick said, don't tell your problem, sorry, don't tell God how big your problems are, tell your problems how big your God is. Right? That's so important. Don't don't tell people how big your problems are, tell people how big your God is. And the most powerful resource we have as God's people is prayer. Prayer that believes that God will do 
what he says. He will move mountains that threaten to destroy us. So this morning, I want to look at six characteristics of mountain-moving prayers. People who pray and see mountains moved. Very quickly, we'll just go through these. They, they all start with F, so it will help us. I mean, we, one of the words has, starts with F in each of the things, all right? So it will help us to remember. It has helped me to remember. So the first characteristic of a mountain-moving prayer is that they have faith, all right? They have faith. Mark 9, 21 to 23. Jesus is talking to some people. And this father has brought this boy who has this evil spirit within him. Who's, and he says, Jesus is asking him, when has he had this, this been happening to him? From, you know, from what age? And the man replies, since he was a little boy. The spirit throws him into the fire or into the water trying to kill him. Have mercy on us and help us if you can. What do you mean, if I can? Jesus asked. Anything is possible if a person believes. Hebrews 11.6 says, Those who come to God must believe that God is. God is able to do anything and everything. God is willing to release his supernatural divine power in our circumstances, but he needs someone who is willing to trust him enough to do it and expect him to do it. Do you believe that God will move the mountains in your life? He just didn't do it, you know, in David's day. He just didn't do it in Jesus' day. He does it today. He will literally do it, like we heard about that story of the church, or he will do it if it's not a physical mountain. He will work in our hearts to, to do the impossible if we believe that he will and we do not doubt in our hearts. And it does mean going out on a limb to trust him. It does mean declaring things that you might think they're not yet, yet happened, but declare it in faith, trusting God to be the God who he says he is and as we learn more about him, who we know he is. God will intervene in any and every circumstance if you trust him. The second the second characteristic of a mountain-moving prayer is that they focus on God and not on the problem. They focus on God and not on the mountain. In the Old Testament, I was reading a story about King Jehoshaphat. This is in, for anyone who's interested, 2 Chronicles 20. And uh, the enemy was approaching the Israelite army. They're often in battle, weren't they? It seems like having these enemies coming against them, these mountains before them. And what did Jehoshaphat do? Because this enemy was, overwhelmed, was beginning to overwhelm them. He said, he could have said, oh God, look at our enemies. Look how strong they are. Look how powerful they are. How are we going to defeat them? But he didn't. The first thing he did was this. He went to his knees and he prayed, oh God, you are the creator. He was declaring who God is. Think about what that means when you say, you are the creator. How great is God to create this universe? That in itself is enough just to declare that. But then he went on to say, you are the one who brought us out of Egypt. If you know the story of the Israelites coming out of Egypt, there's lots of times where they came up against some difficult stuff. They definitely came up against some mountains. One was the Red Sea. 
Here before them they had this massive expanse of sea. Behind them they have the Egyptian army coming after them. They're stuck in the middle. What do they do? They need mountain-moving prayer. And Moses prayed and God parts the water and they go through safely to the other side. And so he says, he remembers, oh God, you are the creator, you made everything. God, you are the one who brought us out of Egypt. He focused completely on who God is. If we're going to have to pray prayers that will move things in our lives, we have to focus on who God is because the moment we take our eyes off that, what happens? We look to the problem and it overwhelms us and we become fearful. We have to keep our eyes on God so that we can keep trusting him because he's the one who is able to do above and beyond what we can ask or imagine. We have to let fear we have to make sure fear is um, you know, kept down. And the way we do that is looking to God. And what happens then when we look to God, and this is what happened with Jehoshaphat. When he, when he looked to God, he then went out the next day to fight the army and he didn't send out his top best warriors in the front. You know who he sent out? The choir. He sent out the praise team. They went out first. That's right, exactly. And so they went forth because he was so focused on God, praising God, knowing the victory was won, and they defeated the enemy. And you see, that's what happens in our lives. When we focus on God and we think about who he is, what happens, instead of fear rising up within us and we begin to think, what's going to happen? And we feel really fearful. You know what that's like, don't you? I know, I'm sure. Tell me if you know what that's like when really you're facing some difficult things and you focus on them, fear begins to rise. Who knows what that's like? I'm not the only one? Good. So you know what it's like. So the only answer to that, the only answer to that is what is greater than our problem. Who is greater than our problem? It's God. So we've got to look to him. We've got to keep our eyes focused on him. Keep remembering who he is. Keep declaring who he is and going forward with that. The third characteristic of a mountain-moving prayer is that they are faithful. It says men ought always to pray and not to faint. That doesn't mean lose consciousness. What it means is to not give up. And so God wants us to keep Praying, You know, it's easy. We get a prayer request. We start praying about it. We're fervent and eager. And then we move on. And before we know it, a week later, we've sort of forgotten about it because we've sort of brought it to God. And then we forget. But, you know, we, God wants us to be faithful in praying. He wants us to bring it before him and, yes, trust him with it, but keep holding on to the promises and to keep declaring his victory and who he is over the circumstances. He wants us to keep being faithful in prayer. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with praying a short prayer, but short prayers where we're hopping out of bed in the morning saying, God bless my day, or, you know, driving to, car in, uh, to work in the car while we're trying to navigate the traffic, those prayers are heard, but this is not the sort of praying that we need if we're going to change a family or change a city or change a nation. These aren't the sort of prayers, the short, quick prayers that happen, you know, just on the hop. These are the sort of prayers where we get on our knees and we pray to God, believing that he will do above and beyond what we can ask or imagine. We need to seek him. We need to strive with him, looking at his word, declaring his promises over the situation and not giving up until it happens. 
We have to keep being faithful. And I think this is the prayer, this is the sort of prayer that moves mountains. It might start in weakness, but it will end in strength. And what will happen is, in the end, we'll be thanking God because we'll be seeing him work. And fear will be totally out the window because where does fear come from? What's the source of fear? It's the enemy, isn't it? He wants, he's the one who puts fear into our hearts. He whispers things to our minds and tells, what about this? What about that? You've heard it. You've heard the voice yourself. That's not the voice of God. God speaks faith. God speaks life. God speaks hope. That's the voice we need to listen to. The enemy will come. We've got to push his voice down and we've got to look to God and listen to him. The fourth characteristic of a mountain-moving prayer is that it is someone, and I've sort of referred to this, but it is a person who is fearless. And if we're going to see miracles, we're talking about something only God can do, and we have to come to him fearlessly, boldly. We don't have to come begging God. God wants to do it more than we want to. He wants to do, he just wants to have us in with him on the whole journey. And so we don't have to come to him afraid and hesitant. We don't have to think, like, I've got to please God, would you do this? God wants to. Remember Jesus said, you know, he said, oh, well, if you could do this, if you can. Jesus said, what do you mean, if I can? Or there's another part where the people said, you know, if you want to heal this person, if you want to. Jesus said straight away, I want to. God wants to. God can. And so we come fearlessly before him, confident. Look at Hebrews 10, 19 to 21. Having therefore, brethren, boldness, boldness, to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Because Jesus has washed us clean, we can enter right into the presence of God. We can come there boldly. He wants us to. By a new and living way, which he has consecrated for us through the veil. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Full assurance. We can be fearless because we have full assurance. And I believe if ever there was a time when people need to kneel humbly before the Lord, and I mean physically kneel, and pray with fearlessness with boldness, with anticipation, with excitement, with expectancy, now is the time. Now is the time. What happened this week when you heard about, you know, the possible terrorism and the infiltration, I mean, you know, with with that around flights in Australia? What happens when we read that news? What happens immediately? Fear rises, doesn't it? But we've got to remember that we've got a bigger God. People are praying. You know, what encouraged me this week is that people are praying everywhere around this nation for the protection of the nation. And I thought about when that happened, I didn't feel fearful. I thought, you know, God has answered our prayers. He's brought to light things. Like, how do the police ever know this stuff? But he's brought to light things so that they can step in and stop it. That's answers answers to prayer. That's mountain-moving faith. People who are praying for our nation and praying. There are people who pray every day for our nation. There are people who gather and pray. Um, My mum and dad aren't here this morning. It's Max who went up to hospital overnight. 
And, uh, you know, I, and the good news is, I was going to say, praise the Lord, he's gone home. So that's great. So praise God. There we are, a mountain moved. Hallelujah. We're, hallelujah, that's right. We were praying for that bit this morning. And um, when I spoke to mum, she absolutely believed that God, it was, you know, God was going to work it out, and he has. Hallelujah. That's great news. But, you know, they are people, sometimes I think, my goodness, you know, every day they go to a prayer meeting somewhere. Every day. Every day they are praying. But isn't that great? Because they are on their knees. They are praying for us as a church. They are praying for this city. They are praying for this nation. They are praying protection. They are praying against terrorism. They are praying for all these things every day. There are people in this city who every day meet to pray. And that's why when we know that we can... It's, that's why these things don't happen because God is protecting us and we can trust him with that. So now is the time to be on our knees praying fearlessly, expectantly, excitedly in anticipation for what God will do. The fifth thing is that a mountain-moving prayer needs to feel the burden of God's heart. What do I mean by that? There's a song that um, a few years ago was introduced and uh, it said, break my heart for what breaks yours. What breaks the heart of God? Well, the broken world breaks the heart of God. People who don't experience his love, who, who are self-centered and, and, and out of selfishness do all the things that they do. And that's the result of that we're in, you know, in this broken world. We see that every day hurts that people put upon one another it breaks God's heart when, when he sees children like we saw in that video this morning when he sees children homeless that breaks the heart of God when he sees children who haven't got enough to eat when he sees children trafficked that breaks the heart of God but you know it takes time this is not a quick thing to feel the burden of the Lord. We need to go before him and we need to pray and we need to hear him speak to our hearts because there are things right in our very midst that are breaking the heart of God and we need to listen to what he's saying to us and then we need to pray with him for these circumstances. You see, when you begin to know what God wants to work on and know what is hurting God and, and what God wants to see changed and we align ourselves with that we're going to start to see things change because God wants that more than we do his heart breaks more than our heart breaks because he made this world to be perfect he made us all for relationship with him and when he doesn't have that relationship his heart is broken and so we need to pray, we need to kneel before God and we need to, to pray with God for these things. And when we do, we will see God work in ways. You know, as Christians, I believe we need to carry, sorry, a burden for the injustices in this world. And you know, we can see it, we can see it on the screen this morning, a lovely story about Moses and what he's done. We can watch on television and be really moved when we see this account of something and we just think, oh, that's terrible. We feel pity. We even feel sad. But before we know it, the next screen's on and it's sort of gone out of our mind and we've sort of forgotten about it. 
We've actually almost sometimes become desensitised to the needs that are around us. And God is looking for people who will open their hearts and be available for him, to be used by him to make a difference, to see the mountains of people's lives, you know, in in these circumstances, in these injustices that are are happening, to see those moved, and, and we can be a part of that. When you experience that, then a quick two or three minute prayer is never enough. It needs time with God and time where we will seek him, know who he is, declare who he is over the situation and keep being faithful, fearless, faith-filled in our praying. The sixth and final characteristic of a mountain-moving prayer is someone who will not only pray, but pray and fast. Jesus told his disciples that in difficult situations, they cannot be resolved without prayer and fasting. Why is that? Because fasting declares that your devotion to God is more important than eating, more important than sleeping, more important than fellowship or any other thing that we do. It means you're willing to bear the burden of God, willing to become what God wants you to be in order for God to use you the way he wants to use you. Remember that God is the mountain mover and we are the instruments. If he can find a a group of people who are willing to pay the price. It is costly. It takes time to pray. It's challenging. And often I get up and talk to you about coming to to times of prayer. But honestly, it's really important that we put our own desires and pleasures aside just for time and gather to pray together. I believe God can change the direction of a family, a relationship, our city, our nation, if we're willing to pay the price. When you look back in history, there's amazing stories about how God has altered the history of a nation because a handful of people were willing to pay the price in prayer. I believe that God releases his power only when we're willing to get on our knees in humility. Surrendering ourselves to the will of God and depending in faith upon his supernatural power. I believe that when we do that, we'll see the windows of heaven open and the power of God will be released to move the mountain. We only have one resource for levelling the mountains. Only one. And that is prayer. If we do not pray, I ask you, what will we do? Let's pray. Dear God, our Father, we come to you this morning and we thank you that you are able, that you are great, that there is no other name but yours. And when your name is lifted high, then mountains are moved, miracles happen, things occur that we can't possibly do. 
God, we want to be mountain-moving prayers. We want to be people who will align ourselves with you, align ourselves with your heart, and go forward willing to pay the price so that we can see your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. I thank you, God, that you are greater, that you are bigger, that you are stronger, that you are over all and in all. And all we need to do is to look to you and declare who you are over every circumstance. And we will see circumstances change. We will see the mountain moved. We thank you, God. We thank you from the bottom of our hearts that you are faithful even when we're not. That you keep loving us even when we seek our own ways. And that you will keep pressing forward for your purpose to be fulfilled on this earth no matter what. Help us, God, to be humble, to come before you and trust you with every circumstance. Not to think that we can do it because we can't, but to allow you to outwork your ways that will defeat the enemy and see you rise up in a way that will change everything. We thank you for that, God. This morning we have handed out now your challenge. This is a big challenge this week. I don't know if everyone will be able to do this, but I'm going to, I'm going to give it to you and ask you to take it on. I want you to take this challenge and what basically to identify, maybe it's mountains in your life, maybe it's, maybe it's burdens that God has for this world. I want us to kneel physically, every day before God, to humble ourselves, to acknowledge that he is great, to come before him and to depend on him to be God in that circumstance. I want you to speak to the mountain using the authority of God's word Steve talked to us about that last week, about the power of the Word of God. Let's declare, let's speak to the mountain using the authority of God's Word, never doubting in our hearts that the mountain will be moved. And then what will happen is our heart will fill with gratitude to God and we'll express our thankfulness to Him. I've, that's a challenge, isn't it? But I encourage every one of you, to go before God and to, to take that on. And we'll see things moved by the power of God that we couldn't imagine, that we could think, how could that possibly happen? And it may not happen in one week, but let's be faithful. Let's keep believing. Let's keep declaring. And God will work because he is faithful. And he is strong.